0: But it's not just the tackles. There's still work to be done at that position and at one pass-catching type thing that Patrick Mahomes seems to always use the most of today on Locked on Chiefs.
1: From the land of the free
0: and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. back, everybody. It's Locked On Chiefs, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for free on every platform available. Thanks for making us your first listen. Check out another Locked On show for your next listen. We're going to get into it. Matt Derrick is here to give us the inside gist of what's going on in free agency, who's coming, who's going, who might be back, who might not. We're going to get to him, but check all his work out over at ChiefsDigest.com. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics and Performance Consulting, home of the athletic matrix at RogueAPC.com. You can also check out my work at NFL33.com for all your front office uh, meandering through the draft process as well as Archie Arm Football. Matt, it's been a busy, busy week. I didn't expect it to quite go the way that it went. But once the tag did not go on Orlando Brown, did you see them acting this aggressively towards a tackle position in signing Juwan Taylor?
1: I, I certainly got the sense the Chiefs were going to act quickly and they were going to act decisively. I think that the fact that they went to door, John Taylor's direction uh, was kind of a blindside to all of us. They, they did a pretty good job, I think, of keeping that fairly concealed. Um, there's obviously been some, some smoke and some fire maybe in other directions, too. Maybe they're not completely done. We will see. Um, but no, it's it certainly I, I thought that there was a chance the Chiefs might be looking in some other directions other than Taylor. Um, mostly because you know there was there was word about what Taylor's contract demands were and the belief was he's a right tackle so uh, you know until you really get that the, the Chiefs were seeing some flexibility and maybe some options there and and that I think is was is uh, one of the factors that's probably overlooked in the, about what the Chiefs move here and why they did what they did you know the one thing that they have not had at that left tackle position since Eric Fisher left is stability and that is the one that is one of two things that the chiefs really needed. They wanted to be able to solidify that spot, at least one of those tackle spots. Long term, they wanted to have somebody that they're comfortable with and they, they they didn't want to be in this situation where they were with Orlando with having to stare down over the franchise tag and maybe only a year to year situation with him. But they also want options. And and that's the thing that that Taylor does provide them is that they have the ability to go any direction they want to now. They can address left tackle still, they can still
0: address right tackle. I hope that they have that that flexibility, and I'm glad that you bring it up that way because I have I have questions. Questions abound here. But first, when we look at what the actual deal is for Juwan Taylor, it is roughly what 5.8 on the cap next year. But as you said, going right back up into that territory that they were rumored to be offering Orlando Brown. So in effect, what did this signing versus Brown do for them? Well, and if you look at, you know, what
1: we're, we're led to believe, I mean, we haven't really gotten numbers about what the Chiefs, if, if they ever really exchanged numbers with Orlando Brown this year. I mean, it almost looks like that if you're really talking about contract, you may have to go back to last July about really seeing where the Chiefs and Orlando Brown last were. And the Chiefs last offer and where Juwan Taylor, I mean, that's that's a step down from what they were offering Brown last year. Now maybe the you know, the Chiefs in their you know cursory talks with Brown and 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 like I said I don't I don't get the sense that they really even got to that point this year with Orlando. I mean I'm not even sure if the numbers were ever even exchanged. I think it was mm-hmm. a fairly short conversation once the Chiefs decided to move on. And so you know but I I think you can say that the Chiefs did step down their budget a little bit from what they would have been willing to invest in Orlando. And some of that is about the fact that they are investing in a player that isn't proven at left tackle, hasn't ever played, you know, more than a couple of downs at left tackle in the NFL. There's a lot of question marks there and and there's no guarantee. Um, certainly chiefs like what they see. They think that they have absolutely a reliable right tackle, but it keeps their options open because they can go a lot of different ways into the draft, but I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, it's, they, they view this as a, even though this is the number four left tackle money, I mean, this would be the number four overall tackle money in the league. I think they still see this as a bit of a bargain that this is a, a tackle position that the money is only going to continue to go up. By the time that, you know, and, and and the reality of this deal is it's a three-year, $20 million deal. The, the fourth year is probably not going to be seen of being renegotiated or part ways one way or the other. I mean, this is basically three for 60. And in that sense, I think the Chiefs view it as a bit of a bargain because I think by 2025, it's not going to be the number
0: four tackle money. I think it's going to be much further down the list. I have to think so as well. And, and what you do, in effect, is you get younger, you get more athletic. You get a polar opposite in terms of uh, John Taylor is is plus 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 below the waist in terms of the way that he can move, and he's not as as aggressive, not as physical above. Um, he does have the arm length, but he's not like that top heavy upper body type player that Orlando Brown is in terms of his recovery ability. So it's definitely a turn, but you got into it there. Like this is a lot of money, particularly for a right tackle, and I think that. There's just this this connotation because of the comments and what do you make of them of the Chiefs saying that they plan to play him at left?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, one, I think it absolutely points to just giving them options because you look at how, what else is left to do. I mean, you, I'm looking at the market and I don't see another necessarily starting caliber tackle that the Chiefs are going to be bringing in via free agency. I mean, there's always possibility some new names could pop into it, um, but particularly, I mean, you're, you're, you're also talking about a budget. So, I mean the Chiefs have kind of put their budget into their offensive line. Now, one of the things they have going for them is that even though they're paying Joe Tooney a lot of money, they're not paying their center and they're not paying their right guard very much money. That's something that you can get away with. And and like I said, I think the Chiefs would even, you know, scrimp at some other positions if they needed to, if the opportunity existed to get another all-pro, pro bowl caliber tackle that they could bring in here at either left or right. I mean, now the option's open. They're not pigeonholed either way. But I think the more important thing is they're not pigeonholed in the draft either. And that's one thing that, you know, Brett Veach does not like to be in and no GM wants to be in going into a draft where you feel like you have to come out with a player at a specific position. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, the Chiefs would like to be able to go into the draft and get a tackle. But right now, if they had to go play a game tomorrow and Juwan Taylor's on the left and Lucas Niang was on the right, I think they would be okay with that. But now they're in a position, there's a left tackle that starts dropping into the 20s. Maybe they can go up from 31. They can make an investment and go grab the player that they like. If there's a right tackle that they really love, tell you what, you can grab, plug and play right tackles, just like Juwan Taylor in the second round, sometimes third round. So, you know, that really, to me, gives them a ton of freedom about where they go next and how they address either the right or the left side they've got that option and i think you're right about when you talk about you know taylor and his athleticism that's why i think makes them different and particularly the age because you look at the rest of the free agent market at tackle it's all older uh guys who are not as athletic and you know if the and i think the chiefs were saying here they would rather have an athletic 25 year old at left tackle than a veteran 31 year old and that's probably the right move for a team that's, you know, feel that wants an ascending player and not somebody who's plateaued or on the downside of their career.
0: I like that plan. It opens up the options. I know it's free agency right now, but there are a couple other twists that we have coming. We're talking about trades in the next segment right after this. A message from our friends at FanDuel because it's NBA season. Madness is about to kick off. I know all you Jayhawk fans want to put some action down. I don't blame you. I probably will as well. But right now, it is the time to get FanDuel America's number one sportsbook because right now they're giving you a no-sweat first bet. You make a bet of $5 and fails. You can earn up to $1,000 in bonus bets applied to your account that help you win some of that back. It's safe, secure, and easy to use, and you don't have to do anything special. You can do bunny line. You can do three-pointers, you can do offensive rebounds, you can roll it all together in a same-game parlay and actually pick who fouls out first because that's always one of my favorites too. So don't miss your chance right now a No Sweat First Bet from FanDuel, up to $1,000 in bonus bets applied to your account at fanduel.com slash locked on right over there under Matt, fanduel.com slash locked on and learn all about it. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA and the NFL.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Now, if I had a partner, it would be, tell me everything that's about to happen. I would like a crystal ball, please. I would make some money that way. But we don't have that. But what you said rang true for me because there is this rumor out that they are still looking for talent in a number of positions. We're going to talk wide receivers coming up here in a little bit too, folks. But right now at the tackle spot. And that's why I feel like saying, hey, we got this, this shiny new tackle. We're going to play him on the left. Even though I'm not so sure that's the intention at all, other than emergency situation. The exploration of a trade for Laramie Tunsell, who is arguably – The top left tackle in the league. I mean, what other I love you, honey, present do you give Patrick Mahomes than here's a shiny new top-of-the-line left tackle? Is this in any way a possibility, Matt? When you look at the numbers, when you look at the fit, when you look at what has to happen cap-wise, it's a stretch, but is it feasible to you? It It is feasible. It absolutely
1: is. I mean, you know, and from a cap standpoint, you're right. I mean, you you, you talk about adding <laughs> another big contract. And and if you got Laramie Tunsil, you would rework that so you could certainly make it, you know, a little bit more favorable from a cap standpoint, especially in 23. Uh, but, you know, there's two ways that it, it works. I mean, one is that obviously what I alluded to earlier, the Chiefs have a core young nucleus that's going to be affordable 23, 24, and even a little bit into 25. And the Chiefs are also hoping that this year they're going to get another, you know, core young group of players in this year's draft that can help augment that. So, you know, they really see themselves being a team that is going to be able to to really kind of scrimp at some positions because they're going to be paying some really good players, not very much money for a few seasons. And and even even Juwan Taylor's contract is kind of structured that way. I mean, it's structured so that the bigger hits are in twenty four and twenty five. When you know they're going to have a little bit more, the cap is going to continue to go up, and and the Chiefs have some favorable contracts. So I mean, they can structure things that way. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if, if Laramie Tunsil came to Kansas City, this would be the best offensive line in the league, and I'm not sure that mm-hmm. there would be you know any competition. I mean, I think it'd be a fair stretch from that to number two. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes could probably go out and get a sandwich, you know, every play. I mean, that would be ideal for the Chiefs. Um, I mean, is it, is it is it feasible? Yes. Is it likely? I still think it's going to be tough to get, get done because my sense is that, that Houston wants a big payday in draft picks. And even though the Chiefs have that currency – I don't get the sense that that they're really looking to give a lot of currency and draft picks to get the deal done especially since they're gonna to have to turn around and, and pay him um you know could and the chiefs really don't want to let go of their 23rd you know their twenty three first first round pick they don't want to go let go of 31. so you know if if houston wanted a first round pick they would probably have to wait until 2024 to get some other selections from the chiefs is that good enough I don't know because I think the Chiefs an even return would probably want something like the Orlando Brown deal in that they might be willing to include a one, but I think they would want more back too.
0: Yeah. I, I have to think so as well. And it's an interesting scenario because he is 29 years old. We, we forget that. And it, it, it rings true to me that if it were to get done, this is like an instant restructure. Like you said, I think an instant extension that takes him out to about 32 years old, a three year, like we often see them do that is able to be the end. And, I think that actually, if it were to be true, maybe you can stand to get a little bit older because of the caliber of play. But it can't last forever, and it is a stretch. It puts you in a hole in a couple of other places. There's still things to get done, like a Chris Jones extension and a restructure of the the bonus uh, for the roster for Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you can recoup that, but that has its penalties as well. So there's still things to be done. I think trade is probably the less likely than just riding it out and being able to select a tackle. Say someone that falls to 19, Matt. 19 is our target. That's where we're going to have to go for the guy that we feel the Chiefs deserve. We'll talk about that in a draft show, upcoming episode, folks. But today, as free agency continues to unfurl, uh, they lost Andrew Wiley, so that you understand that. Orlando Brown hasn't found a home yet. It brings me to some of the things that we were talking about uh, as the Chiefs being possibly able to return some of their free agents. Uh, as we started to record this, Jody Fortson's been tender, so we know he's going to be back in the flock. That was a pretty much a foregone conclusion. But along with the Laramie Tunsil trade rumors, there's also trade rumors for one particular 31-year-old uh, point of contact, go up and get the ball-type receiver from Arizona. And this feels even more far-fetched to me and less feasible. But that aside... Wide receivers have not been talked about enough in free agent. It doesn't seem that they're moving off the block very much. I think it's a reaction to what we saw last year. Does that help the Chiefs in making this an even close to a possibility? Do they even want D hoppers? This just rattle the cages.
1: Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it before as a Chiefs fan and some of you all engage in it. So, you know, I'll, 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 I'll warn you there too. Um, you're just going to have to live with the fact that the Chiefs are going to be associated with every living wide receiver and probably some (laughs) who are not um, for the rest of your natural lives as long as Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. I mean, you know, and hey, Brett Veach feeds into it a little bit too because he kicks the tires on every single thing, even if it's not something that they do. It's something that they will investigate. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about the trades, to me, D. Hopkins is definitely one I think that's probably a little bit further down the list because, again, I think that's one that, um, you know, Arizona probably wants more in return than a lot of teams would be willing to give up, including the Chiefs, especially because the Chiefs can get a lot of receivers without a whole lot of effort without giving anything up. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you are to believe and and I do <laughs> the reports that Patrick Mahomes has got pretty much every free agent wide receiver in the league hitting him up, trying to get him to Kansas City. I mean, that's not the time when you go out and make and trade for for receivers that you can give a lot of money to take advantage of that. And this market right now is shaping up for the Chiefs, because as you mentioned, this is not last year's wide receiver market. Um, teams are a little bit more hesitant this year. I think they are reacting to over a lot of teams overpaying last year and some guys getting some big money. It's also to, it's just not a very lucrative crop of free agents at wide receiver mm-hmm. this year. I mean, I would make the case that Juju Smith, setting aside, you know, the questions about Odell Beckham Jr., I'd say Juju is the best receiver in this free agent class. And there's a lot of people who would disagree with me because, you know, they're like they'd point to the injuries. So then it's, it's Jacoby Myers, you know, I mean, his, his, is he one of the best receivers probably, but so far, everybody that we're seeing get deals. I mean, they're right at that $11 million mark per year. And to me, that's, that's great for the chiefs, because if that means that you can maybe, you know, get Juju Smith a little bit cheaper, that's what I would be trying to do if I'm Kansas city. And also I think the way that this receiver market is developing, don't sleep on the possibility that maybe some people can return to this team because, most of the bigger deals obviously get done on day one of free agency so you know a lot of the big money we're going to see yesterday there's probably going to be a few more big money deals on wednesday when free agency actually opens but it's not long before that second wave starts to kick in and if guys like mccall hardman don't have long-term deals somewhere else i mean i, I will start seriously wondering if maybe mccall
0: returning on a one-year proof it deal doesn't become a possibility I want to talk about a bunch of the possibilities at this position, at wide receiver, as well as some of the defensive positions, because I have questions for, to get your input on there too, but first, a message from our friends that run the most fun game that lets you act like you are the GM. You too can be Brett Veach. We are really pumped about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, Ultimate Football GM, the mobile game. I know you've dreamed of being a GM before. This lets you do it. Hiring the right coaches, coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, navigating through free agency. It's all included. It's challenging. It's realistic, and you can get into it now. There's no limit. You can play 30, 40 seasons if you want. And right now, our listeners... Get 100% free boost when they sign up for their franchise with our promo code locked on. It lets you be the ultimate GM. That's what it's for. You go to their game store, you use our code locked on to make sure that you get it. Download the game. It's ultimate gm.com. Or you can look it up on the app stores, whichever you prefer. It's ultimate gm.com. That's where you can start your dynasty today.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Now, dynasty aside, I think this is part of it. It, it was really interesting that you brought up one of the points that I was going to say. That, that it's now finally... I think after the second Super Bowl title, I think that's that's the tipping point. And now we're seeing wide receiver free agents, but I think free agents in general are going to want to flock to KC more and more and more, especially when they realize wide receiver may be a revolving door. Edge rusher has been a revolving door for someone to get decent snaps and a ring. You just got to take a pay cut. I think the same could become true of the safety position. I want to talk about all these. Juju Smith-Schuster, you mentioned last uh, – I do agree with you. I think – The system, the the getting in with Patrick Holmes, I, I do think that is a natural progression. I just think it's going to come down to the dollars. But the other two receivers that I think are really intriguing, both are older, and you mentioned one, we'll get to OBJ in a second, but rumor today, more and more we're hearing about Adam Thielen. Now, Adam is a guy that has spent his career. In Minnesota was a grew up a Minnesota fan. So this would it feels like more of a departure for him to go outside of that organization. But clearly, that's an option. It is more, I think, at his point in his career, a payday. But do you feel right now after what is it nine seasons in that he has the kind of experience that they do want in Kansas City, knowing that MVS is currently still here as well? Yeah, you know, I don't
1: know if experience is a huge thing that they're looking for at receiver. I mean, I think they're looking for comfort more than anything else. And that's comfort with the offense, comfort with Mahomes. And I and I think anybody can do that. I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, if if you're talking about expecting somebody to contribute early on with the Chiefs and the complexity of Andy Reid's offense, you definitely need somebody with some NFL experience. But I don't know if it necessarily has to be somebody With Thielen's experience, I mean, I think even just, you know, having four or five years in the league, if you've got some West Coast experience that can, you know, if there's some terminology in your background that can help you make the transition, I think that helps. Um, But I don't I don't think it's absolutely huge. I mean, I do think that when they're looking at veteran receivers, you've hit on the primary factor that's going to be it's going to be affordability. Um, it's not going to be, you know, with, with MVS, I think that was more definitely about getting a piece that, you know, you felt for the chiefs could be that connective guy for a few seasons to at least make sure that you've got some, you know, continuity in the offense. But, you know, I think they're going to be looking for guys for that one year deal because Justin Watson was a one year deal guy. Juju Smith Schuster was a one year with incentives kind of guy. If players like Thielen are looking for that. I mean, it's a one-year incentives and a chance to win a ring. Chiefs are going to be interested, but well, I don't think they're going to be interested in giving any, you know, older receiver. That's why, you know, even the Odell Beckham Jr. I didn't fold in this conversation. Is he with the injury history? Somebody into their 30s that you want to be making long-term commitments to? I don't think the Chiefs are in that business. I think with receivers at that age, it's going to be if you want to come here and win a ring and get a chance to make a lot of money and in incentives that's 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 the place for that's that's where you can come to Kansas City.
0: You can add your name to the to the dynasty list, right, as we continue to roll through some of these positions. Okay, so I think we see it very similarly. The thing that I am a little concerned about is there is no talk anywhere about any edge rushers. Coming back, returning, new guys, no nothing. I know there's some interesting names out there all older. I don't think the juice is necessarily worth the squeeze here at the edge position. It feels more and more like we're heading for a high priority in the draft, do you see it that way as well?
1: Yeah, it, it certainly more seems like that, and and I think that also Brett Veach is banking on that the second and third and even fourth waves of free agency or where the bargains are going to be at that position. Um, you know, really look at you know, the last couple of years, whether it's been trades or whether it has been you know in, in training camp with picking up Carlos Dunlap, there are good players that are going to be available late for cheap money. And so I don't, I, I can't see the Chiefs, for instance, right now offering a long-term deal and a lot of money for, you know, a, a Carlos Dunlap-Tap or, a, a, you know, a Calais Campbell. I don't think that's, you know, where they're going to be putting their money right now. If it gets to be May, June, July, yeah, you're going to get to see, I think, the Chiefs serious about anybody that's still left and, and that. But I think that, you know, they feel with Chris Jones on the inside, you know, you've got George Karloftis. You've got the base right there for what what you want. Um, I, I, there's definitely gonna be some building. I mean, are the chiefs going to be investing, I think in, you know, probably inside and outside on the defensive line in the draft Pop, strong possibility. And I still think that, that, you know, they're going to be interested in trying to bring back some of their own guys. I mean, if once again, Derek Noddy and Colin Saunders don't find deals, Chiefs will be interested. Um, it's just going to be, once again, it's going to circle back to affordability. And, and I think for both those spots, you're going to see the chiefs
0: looking for bargains. I I like that as well. And uh, and poor Colin, I understand uh, via his social media chain that uh, he's feeling the stress here in this particular situation. So, Hey, maybe that does lead to a a, a return. Hey, that, you know,
1: that kid wears his heart on his sleeve and, you know, and I know he doesn't want to leave Kansas city. None of these guys want to leave Kansas city. So when the money comes in and the offers start coming in and the options are, you know, going somewhere else, it's hard. I mean, even when they know that they're going to be making more money, I mean, Washington clearly offered, you know, Andrew Wiley more money than he was going to be able to get in Kansas City, and it's a hard decision, man. I mean, they, these guys love it here; they have been, they, it has been a great locker room for these guys.
0: Yeah, it goes a long way. So that said, let's we'll wrap it up on your Nostradamus routine. If you had to pick one player who does make it back, who is it? I mean, I I was asked earlier today, I'm
1: going to stick with my prediction about what's the next position that the chiefs are going to sign. And I'm, I'm going to stick with receiver. Cause I, I think that's the one where obviously they probably need the most bodies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're going to do anything at tackle, I mean, I think that would still be a trade and I, I, I don't necessarily think that's a, a given it's lower possibility, but I'm going to say the chiefs get something done with receiver. I think it's probably juju most likely, um, could be surprised, but I, I think that's the next place that they're going to strike. It, it could be somebody that's, you know, once again, that's maybe it is going to be one of these veterans that's looking for a one-year prove-it deal. Um, but right now, there's some bargains in the receiver market. So might be time to
0: strike while you can't. Let's go get them. We'll have all for it as it unwinds, folks. Remember, we are five days a week all off-season. Doesn't matter that they have a new fresh Lombardi in their trophy case. We're still going to be covering every move that they make all week long and matt thank you for sending us straight on where it sits right now we'll see what happens by the time we're back next week
1: it's probably going to change by the time we get done recording so
0: yeah well you had to go (laughs) say well with that folks for today's update he's matt derrick i'm ryan tracy thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you tomorrow